0: Hi, I'm Claire Davis from Mental Health Chats, and we're here to encourage people to open up conversations about mental health.: Hello, everyone. I'm Claire Davis for Mental Health Chats, and I'm back with the topic of sexual assault. Hello Liz,
1: how are you going? Hello, hello. So I want to say uh, good morning to everybody there because um, the most exciting thing is is um, I'm in Australia and what even more makes me giggle is I'm English and I live in Australia. And you're Australian and you live in England.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I just, I was so lucky to meet Liz when she was living in England. She's one of the most amazing women who has come into my life. So Liz is going to be talking about a very sensitive topic, which is finding peace as a sexual assault survivor. So we are continuing the topic of sexual assault. It is a very sensitive topic for a lot of people. Um, So let's just start off, would you mind explaining to us briefly um, the situation, your situation? Sure, yeah,
1: absolutely. So for me it was a very, um, you know, it was in like like a family situation which I think a lot of, um, uh, um, you know, family sexual assault can happen. Um, So for me it was a family member, I was quite young, this started when I was six. Um, it lasted for over ten years, about, and um, I suppose, uh, you know, it, it was something where you know, some, the individual came into my room, and I would, I suppose, a, a way of saying it would be, you know, my 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 innocence got taken away, and um, this happened slowly, and you know, always over for about ten years, and uh, because. I didn't know how to um, say it because we're not shown as children. You know, you don't know how to say it and you don't want to hurt anybody either. So I just swallowed it down. And in a way, I felt like I kind of became two people. I became the person that dealt with it and the person that it didn't happen with. And that's kind of how it started.
0: Bliss. So how did that impact your life, Liz?
1: Well, I would say when I was younger, it was kind of almost like a blur. Um, And it's interesting now to look back of not wanting to say because they're just not wanting to upset anybody. And I can remember going to my mother and trying to say, I couldn't get the words out and running off crying And it was quite interesting to look back at that, just that not being able to say. So um, I, you know, later on in life, I've, you know, I now spent sort of 25, 30 years in the world of health and wellness. And a lot of, you know, I suppose that we do a lot of that to help heal ourselves and then help to help with others. So what I now know is. If over time, especially when it came to my late teens and 20s, when we don't deal with the situation, we push it down. So I did a lot, I suppose, with my mid-teens, I ate a lot of my pain. And then as I got older, going more to pub times, I ended up getting into drink, falling into the wrong type of people, looking for love in the wrong places um, my behavior because became a lot of lack of self real hate of self we're all disgust of self and just just you know it was like I was this nice per- you know again got two parts of me the part of me that was this nice person and this other part that just was on annihilation and um I you know, you know that to those two parts are then trying to come together, isn't it? And you know, not understanding, you know, the anger. I had such anger, and yet there was a part of me that was so nice. And really, it was mass. I was getting into mass destruction, fell into drugs and drink and alcohol, and you know, wrong people, and just and just, you know, was basically on the road of mass destruction which was not healthy in any way shape or form and um, for me I think you know as things tend to happen now I know every sort of seven years you know if we think about it for seven years sort of six seven the situation happened 14 is when I was lived overseas came back to the UK massive catalyst so then it it got at that time it got worse so then I would eat a lot of my pain 21 well that's when I really sort of discovered you know drugs and drink and going out and partying and was just you know wow this was something that made me feel happy and then when it came to my end of my 20s beginning to realize oh my goodness I'm losing control and I don't quite know what's wrong with me yet when you ask are you okay I go yeah I'm fine <laughs> but also knowing oh my you know there's I'm, I'm losing control who am I I don't know who I am I hate myself you know and I remember going to a doctor crying going I, th- I need help and them going but are you suicidal I'm like no I'm not suicidal I just need help And um, yeah, so it was then I was going to college at the time and there was free counselling. And um, that was the beginning. That was that first little like chink of actually beginning to explain something had happened. And that was the first little chink. It was very, very interesting. And I knew at the time for me, I had to change I didn't know how to. But when you're in a situation where everybody's in mass destruction and you're wanting to change, um, people don't want you to change. And that's all of my friends. And so for me, I, I was like, I've got to get out of here. So that's when I legged it and went off traveling, and went to Africa.
0: Oh, wow. And that's when you met your husband?
1: that's when that's I have a journey yeah <laughs> that's when I happened to meet an Australian fellow um, yeah. who also out there as well um, so also I suppose on my journey of trying you know so that was meant I escaped that and there was a re- you know a, you know another great journey and learning which was a good four or five years then I went to Australia so I went back to a uh, although it was the first time I've been to Australia I went back to a first world country and what I realized is all those old feelings were coming up yeah and um that's when I started to realize okay I gotta sort my head out I need to start sorting what's going on out and so there really then began a a new fresh journey of coming home and understanding and learning Um, so after my husband and I got married well We got married in 05, and um, by that time I was already 35, 36. And um, so that's when I also started a fertility journey. And, um, um, you know, basically I started fertility journey mainly because it it wasn't happening after sort of two years. And they couldn't find anything physically wrong. So even after – we did six IVFs all in all, but even after several, that's when I realized, okay – there's something else going on here. So, I've got to look inside. And so this is when I really started to deal with all of that stuff. And that was probably, I should say, life changing massive. Still didn't mean I ended up with a child straight away, that it still took 10 years, but it was the catalyst that made me realized I had to deal with this and um, I want to say that that was huge um, I now do an awful lot of work i you know I'm a coach I, I specialize a lot in fertility and grief and abuse um, but the whole thing was um, just bringing all of that sludge that horrible that hate all of that up to heal And I want to say that's probably the biggest thing that we can do for ourselves. And I sort of believe that, you know, healing and peace is possible. Um, And that's one of my biggest sort of things is is supporting people. And, you know, we don't have to be that pain. We don't have to be all of that emotional luggage. We that doesn't have to define who we are. 100 yeah. percent. yeah
0: and that's when i i met you actually liz when you were on this journey and just before you fell pregnant with your beautiful little girl um so how did you actually find peace to resolve this because i saw you growing through this but how did you find peace?
1: yeah so for me really it was a it was a massive catalyst of of desperately trying to find the key of why i wasn't getting pregnant and this was one internal thing so as i said that whole thing of me trying to find that voice um it wasn't until years you know later and going through a lot of i suppose in a way therapy you know i did all so many things which i now do now you know journey processes and, and i'm a journey practitioner of finding that voice to be able to
0: get all of that
1: out and yeah. heal and I've done you know I can't say years how long but years of work years of working on this and you know I think it was that was one massive big aspect and this is what I realized with unexplained infertility is looking at the scars that don't show up under the microscope Um, And this was one thing because we can grow up and say, look, I'm fine now. Let's have a baby or let's carry on with life. But if the unconscious mind is saying, "Um, no, 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 we're still in trauma. It is still playing in all of ourselves. And what I've also learned as well is patterns carry on in an unconscious level. They can be carried down from, you know, great grandparents, grandparents, parents to us. And so what I realize now is I'm quite sure, I mean, unfortunately my father passed away and I even, even then, I don't know how I would have brought it up with him, but with me, with him is I'm sure that um, there I'm sure with my dad going to an English boarding school, I'm sure that this is something that might've happened to him and it just got passed down and passed down. And so my big realization was is, Oh my Lord, if I don't clear this for me, for once, for all, and allow my body to really get this, and yeah. this is going to unconsciously pass down, and I do not want that. So that's where I was like, okay, bring it on. I, I, there is no stone that I will not unturn. There's no skeleton in my closet there is nothing that I'm not willing to to allow me to be so completely healed and free from this so I was like bring it on bring it on and look that is huge that is huge okay. I mean I work a lot now and it's huge but that for me was that catalyst where I was just like okay I want this gone I want I want the blanks I want it to stop with me I do not want this to be taken out." so that that for me was mine mm. and um yeah, yeah, lots, lots of work doing all sorts of different things that now I um, have learned so much from and have created that piece. I, I you know, I think one of the, my biggest take homes is we don't have to, it, it, again, if we choose, this is just being my understanding and my learning. So it's just in my model of the world. Um, we can be free you know it's something that did happen to me it was not something that was good it was not healthy and it created a lot of unhealthy stuff for me you know bad um, relationships you know and um, but because of a situation you know and it was you know over years of desperately wanting to heal from that and then realizing, Oh my God, I have to heal now. Yeah, And, um, you know, knowing it's time to change the patterns, it's time to let go. And, you know, I've done so much work because that was, you know, desperate to find that key. Um, so even though at the end I still didn't have a baby, I was, more happier I had self had self-love I um I had would able to to release all that you let go of all of that anger and just understand who I was and come back to who I truly truly am and find that inner inner peace which is just so important for life and to carry on yeah. you know and you know yeah. as you're aware even with letting go three years later after that you know falling pregnant and having a baby at the age of 40 you know young age of 46 but um you know when i feel like when we give our mind and our body the opportunity to heal it's amazing what can then flow in in all different ways and it's not that everybody wants to have a baby but there is all sorts of things that we can Um, want to have in our life and I think inner peace and happiness is one of the big, you know, that
0: freedom. Freedom, definitely. And, you know, you've said quite a lot of interesting things there and one of them that keeps coming through as a common theme in all of the mental health chats is that nobody else can fix it for you. You need to be able to fix it yourself. The other one is it takes a lot of time, a lot of time, especially through a major trauma. Sexual assault is a trauma. Um, so especially through a major trauma and people have got different traumas in different ways and the way you've dealt with it, Liz, I've seen you grow. You're an absolutely amazing woman and Liz helps <laughs> so many people in similar situations. I'm going to put Liz's um, website in the comments because she, she's amazing in the way she does help men and women find peace um, in different situations, especially with fertility, but also sexual abuse, etc. So thank you very much for opening up with us. Um, Pleasure. Thank you. Um, We've got our next guest is our final guest um, before Benny comes back for sexual assault. We've got an extra guest for this topic and her name is Claire Blore. And Claire is CEO of um, a charity in the southwest of England called sarsis which stands for Somerset and Avon Rape and Sexual Abuse Support. I did have to read that because it's quite long. And she's gonna be talking about um, the awareness of sexual assault. It's so much bigger than so many of us realize. The statistics mm. aren't correct because people do feel ashamed and don't go to the police when they should be going to the police so she's going to be talking about awareness and recovery to help more people out there so mm. thank you liz you've helped loads loads of people that are out there and um i look forward to our next speaker claire thank you
1: ah oh, beautiful and thank you and love to everybody and may you seek the healing that your body needs without a shadow of a doubt lots of love and thank you take
0: care liz bye-bye We hope you enjoyed the chat. If you found any of the tips useful, follow Mental Health Chats. Thank you.